Dear Lord, we thank you for this time of review, the time to once again look at these lovely things that are tight so that for us here way down in Laodicea age, we thank you for Brother Derek's teaching us and we pray to be able to apply your word to our hearts. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So this is just a summary of the tabernacle study of the things that we have been looking at for the past uh well past year and a bit so uh it starts off in exodus chapter 25 the lord spake unto moses and he talks to moses and he says let the children of israel give me a free will offering and he gave them the instructions of what to bring and we know that those treasures that they had came from egypt because they were uh, slaves in egypt and there's an application for the for us here egypt is a type of the world egypt is the place that god calls us out of the place of bondage the place of slavery but we come out of egypt we come out of the world with certain gifts and certain talents and abilities and the lord will call us to use those to our um our gifts to serve him and so we're called to bring our gifts to the lord and give the best of what we have because he wants to dwell with us and many times we'll find the same gifts that you have in the human realm are the gifts that god wants to use in the spiritual realm so you could keep the gold to yourself or you could give it to the tabernacle and to the building of the tabernacle and so then in verse 10 after he's uh told moses and brother charlie if you have any questions feel free just to uh to type them out in the chat and uh, or any comments feel free to type them out in the chat and we'll address them as uh as they come up so um the next uh or the first thing that god uh, brings us to is make the ark of shipwood the box that's the center of the tabernacle and mm -hmm. that's where god starts with us and he says the first thing i'm going to do is put the seed in your heart and god works so interesting god works from the inside to the outside as he's describing the tabernacle and he works that way in our lives as well in that our flesh that our body is the last thing to be changed our spirit as we go through this christian life is changed moment by moment as we give it over to jesus and as we fight and we struggle but god makes his kingdom in our heart in our soul the first thing and has that secure and once you're saved and once you're saved in your soul you can never be lost and then the battle goes into the into the spirit where we struggle to give the lord uh what we should be giving him and we struggle to keep that old man uh, behind us and down and and not to let him take control again and keep the dead dead and the living living um but god says i'm starting with the tabernacle i'm starting my tabernacle my dwelling place with the very center of it which is the place where I dwell. And so he made the box out of wood and covered it with gold. Speaking of Jesus, the deity covering the humanity. 
we have staves and rings because it's a place of uh, travel. It's not a place of rest. And so that really speaks to us about this um, tabernacle speaks of our pilgrimage here because as God leads us, so we have to up and move and go from place to place. Then we talked about the cherubims of gold and two cherubims uh, made of gold and what they represent and how they represent the guardians of the uh, of the spirit of God and how we see the uh, gospels and those spirits that God uses and we come out in the power of the ox, the power of the man, the power of the eagle and the power of the lion. The power of the ox, the power of the man, the power of the eagle and the power of the lion bringing out those four aspects of the service of God. And we know that the service of God, the devil imitates all of those, except that we don't find him as the ox uh, because that's the beast of burden, that's the beast of sacrifice. The devil will come as a man, will come as a lion and will come as an eagle. Uh, and imitate those powerful striking things of God, but will not come as an ox, as a servant laying down his life in the same way that God uh, made. And so there was the the box made, the Ark of the Covenant. There was the mercy seat or the atonement, the covering made on it, the cherubims on the covenant. And God says, and that's where I'm going to meet with you. And then we had... In the holiest place, again, the table for bread is the next uh, piece that was made. And it's made of shit and wood, speaking of humanity, covered with gold, speaking of the uh, deity. And it has the bread for the priests on it, which is made of wheat, not of manna, which is really interesting to me that the priests have that special communion bread that's always before God. And we looked at how David ate of that bread when he was uh, with his uh, fleeing from Saul with his men. And so uh, we looked at how that represents the bread of heaven or the, the, the food that we have as priests that's in that holy place that is just for the service uh, of God. And then verse 31 now shall make a candlestick of pure gold beaten work shall the candlestick be his shaft his branches his bowls his knops and his flowers shall be of the same and so we looked at the candlestick and we we saw one uh, very interesting thing in this it's it's the parable of the almond and how how old the almond is and how it, it it can't be hybrid and how it represents god and then the seven lights of course speaking of the seven church ages and the completion um and how the oil flowed in it was the same oil from the uh from lamp to lamp to lamp and it was the same fire lit from lamp to lamp to lamp and this is the fire of god and we need that light of god in our hearts as much as we need the uh, bread, the food of God, in our uh, in our hearts. So then we got on to verse uh, chapter twenty-six, where we talked about the tabernacle, 
the tabernacle, the dwelling place, the tent that God made and how uh, it was looped together, excuse me, how it was made of the uh, curtains, fine twined linen, the white, and then the blue and the purple and the scarlet with cherubims of cunning work shall thou make them. And we saw the blue and the purple and the scarlet, blue speaking of the heavenly, scarlet thing speaking of the earthly blue speaking of truth and and the word of god scarlet thing speaking of the sacrifice and then purple being uh the meeting place of uh blue and scarlet of blue and red and how those are the two opposite sides of the spectrums and purple doesn't actually appear in the uh in the electromagnetic spectrum it's actually a mixture of the two. And so that's why purple is the color of royalty because it's God and man meeting and, and uh, that's the coloring of the blue and the purple and the scarlet is symbolic of Jesus Christ. But it's not, all these things are not just symbolic of Jesus Christ, they're also symbolic of us. That just as Jesus was God, and man so we're called to be and if he's the firstborn among many brethren that means we're of the same family if we're of the same family that means we're of the same if you like genetic material so we're also called to be god and man and that shouldn't make us think higher of ourselves than than we should think uh, but it also shouldn't make us think lower of ourselves we should have a right balanced attitude to that uh, but we're called to that position where God is going to dwell in us and to be the, um, the tabernacle for God. So uh, we looked at the uh, goat's hair and we remember we found that's, that's uh, the black, it's not white and uh speaks of the flesh and the blackness of flesh but that's also part of the tabernacle of god and then we talked of the ram skins dyed red and how that speaks of the sacrifice and of jesus christ and then the coverings of badger skins which according to josephus gave the tabernacle a a uh, sky blue appearance and one of the uh, no one knows exactly what that word badger uh, means but one of them is it's possibly a um, a porpoise a kind of a water animal and so that gives would give the tabernacle waterproof covering but the idea was that the glory and the golden curtains and the the um the the whole appearance the glorious appearance of the tabernacle was covered from outward view and was really the gold of the tabernacle was really only visible to the priests once they got inside the uh inside the uh, holy place and showing that our just like jesus came and he didn't come in great clouds of glory and didn't come uh, smiting people with lightning bolts here and there uh, he came as God hidden in a human body. And that's what our example is, to be God hidden in a human body. And we talked about the boards, 
made of wood and locked together that gave the tabernacle their its stability and how we are uh, we're meant to be joined side by side with each other standing tall and uh, how they rest on the sockets of silver and silver speaks of redemption and silver is the best conductor of electricity uh, in in all the common metals that we have and how that conducting is speaks of God's energy and how God can um, how God's energy can flow through us and one of the most powerful ways that it flows through us is in the conducting of his grace so that we can live in this world but not be of this world and so everything rested in the tabernacle everything rested upon the sockets of silver and the silver came from the tax given uh, or, or commanded by God that the rich would not pay more and the poor would not pay less and these this is speaks to us that that redemption price is um, it's what's demanded us of God we can't do more than that and we can't do less than that every one of us is equal before God in this way that we all have to come through the blood of Jesus and the redemption of Jesus Christ so uh, and then he said set up the tabernacle and set the uh, the furniture in the tabernacle and then outside of the tabernacle there's the bronze altar and uh, this was really wonderful when we studied this because we looked at <coughs> brass being symbol of judgment and then we looked at the um, the wood of the altar and how the coals on the altar was uh, was charcoal what we would call charcoal not uh, mineral coal as we know it and how charcoal and such a blessing when we looked at this at least it was to me charcoal is wood with all the impurities burnt out and it doesn't flare and it doesn't flame and it doesn't smoke and so when we get into situations it's twice burnt once to purify it and once to put it into service so again we get into situations and we can see our temper rising and smoke coming out of our ears we're like oh the lord is burning some more of the impurities out of us because when we're in service for god he just wants that hot glow and that hot charcoal glow was the only thing uh that was could get hot enough in the ancient world to uh for metal working uh, and so that was a real blessing uh, looking at that but the the bronze altar the place of judgment on in the uh, outer court the first thing that you came to and then the court of the tabernacle after that exodus 27 9 shall make the court of the tabernacle and that separation and we saw that every step uh closer to god is a call for separation um and that was a really wonderful study because when you you were of the children of israel and you could go into the tabernacle but the strangers the gentiles had to stay outside of the tabernacle 
and there was a separation there and only the priests could go into the holy place and there was a separation there it wasn't for the children all the children of god to go into the holy place it was just for the priests and then into the most holy place only the high priest could go just once a year but jesus broke down that wall of separation between the holy place and the most holy place so any priests coming into the holy place could see the most holy place and then he's made us all kings and priests and so that means any believer has the ability to access that holy place and by accessing the holy place they access the most holy place and then he says he's made of twain the jew and the gentile one the believers so that means anybody in the world uh, doesn't have to stay outside of the boundary of the tabernacle of the court and outside of the boundary of but every person can be a believer and can get into the place of sacrifice and every believer can be in a priest and get into the holy place the place of the light of god and the food of god and the incense of god and everybody that enters into that place can also have access to the most holy place which is the place of god's dwelling which is why it took jesus breaking down all those barriers before the holy spirit could come and live in the hearts of every individual uh there's neither jew nor greek bond uh bond or free male or female but all are one in christ jesus and that's just a, a wonderful thing to to learn from the court of the tabernacle and the separations and then the court of the tabernacle has sockets of brass not sockets of silver and so what establishes us and that first level of separation is submitting ourselves or, or grounding ourselves in the judgment of god lord i am unworthy and i need your sacrifice in order to uh to enter in to uh, the the place of fellowship okay so then olive oil beaten for the lights so the light is burning always and then we got to chapter 28 and the priest garments and blue purple and fine linen and what we looked at here one of the things that we looked at here was the breastplate and we know that the altar of incense was made or rather the altar the brass altar of sacrifice was made four square and Foursquare speaks of the meeting place between God and man, that place of sacrifice, but also the city that's built Foursquare, the dwelling place of God. And so in the outer court, if you want to meet with God, it has to be at the place of sacrifice, the brass, uh, the brass altar. And then in the inner court, if you want to meet with God, it's at the altar of incense, the place of prayer. But in the most holy place, what's four square? It's the breastplate. It's what's carried in by the priest and what's sanctified. So it's always on the chest of the high priest that he can have that communion with God with the breastplate and the urim and the thummim, the lights and the truth that showed the word of God speaking to the children of Israel when they brought a prophet, when they brought a question to the Lord. And we know that Saul 
lost the ability that the Lord wouldn't answer him by the Urim and Thummim, nor by any prophet, nor by any dream. And so desperate he was for hearing the voice of God that he actually went to a witch. Uh, and so we should take a lesson there never to get so far from the will of God, uh, so far in following the people. Because that was Saul's big problem is he let the people lead him rather than leading the people. Uh, in which you could say he was very democratic. Uh, and But we know the problems that democracy leads to. It's that people, we all like sheep have gone astray. And so if we don't have the right godly shepherd, we end up uh, going astray in our, each, each one to their own way. And so we had the, uh, the priest garments, the the point is all we like sheep have gone astray and if yes. the blind and if the all blind, we like sheep have gone astray and so democracy being the rule of the people being the rule of uh mm -hmm. people leading themselves that the blind lead the blind they both fall into the ditch did you lose me again? Yeah. So, and that was Saul's problem. It's intermittent now. Oh my. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know what to do. Uh, I'm just going to carry on and uh, Charlie says his reception is good. So, uh, you can you can i didn't even see Charlie on my screen okay well we have uh the priest clothes and the linen breeches and part of it being linen is that it doesn't cause sweat and sweat is the sign of outward activity sweat is the sign of obedience to the work that god gives you because in the sweat of your brow shall you eat bread and so uh, the priests weren't there to sweat and we can find that in Ezekiel that's why they have linen and the idea there is we're not bringing our own works to God we're just doing what God tells us and it's uh, it, it's not a hard laborious work for us it's just what God tells us and the way to salvation is not through our works and we can take that all the way back through to Genesis where Cain and Abel brought their original sacrifices and Abel brought a blood sacrifice and killed a life. But Cain brought the fruit of his hands, which is essentially surplus sweat. Here, look what I've done. Here's my sweat. I give it to you. Whereas Abel said, here's what you gave me i'm giving back to you this life i couldn't create it i didn't do anything for it but i give it to you so it's very interesting the priests don't wear linen breeches because it's not of works lest any man should boast and so we're also meant to be aware of that that we wear linen so it's not of works and then we didn't look at the consecration of the priests in chapter 29 because we're mainly focusing on the um, the uh, furniture and the tabernacle 
And so then we looked at the altar of incense in chapter 30, four square in the place of prayer, the place where it reaches up to heaven. Um, and then the sentence tax, that silver that we already spoke of. And then last week was the bronze basin. The bronze basin to wash our feet in and the place of judgment and the place where we wash and keep ourselves clean even though we're priests, even though we've been saved, even though we've passed through the blood, we still need to wash ourselves continually with the water of the word day by day, saying, Lord, keep me clean in every little way. And uh, then the last thing is the anointing oil and the incense. And that's the end of uh, chapter 30. And we're not going to study that because I haven't been able to find a place where I can really um, find out what the spices mean. But that's something that Lord willing is for uh, for another time the Lord will open that up. And so that's just a brief summary of everything that we've studied. Um, I suppose we could have done it that quick, but I don't think... Uh, we've been quite as deep. Sister Lenore, any thoughts? I like this uh, one. One of the several things I jotted down: every step closer to God is a call for separation. Yep, that's I, very true. Go ahead. Well, that's very interesting you say that because it's true. But then when we're following in the footsteps of Christ there's that place of total separation but then there's also once you've reached that point of fellowship with God in total separation you're not called to stay there you're called to go out and um, and as the Pharisees said of Jesus he makes himself a friend of publicans and sinners so um, <laughs> And that will manifest in all of our lives in its own way. Uh, but there's this, this really interesting place of you get alone with God and that gives you the power um, to, to be in the world and in the worst situations in the world, but still remain alone, uh, you know, separated to God. Thank you. So... All right, well, so uh, that closes out our tabernacle study. So I'll be um, doing some catch-ups and putting them online. Uh, and I guess what I'll do is I'll, I'll shoot an email out to all the regular folks and see uh, if we have a, if we want to carry on doing the Friday evening Bible studies. And if we do, if there's a, a question or a subject or topic that, that folks would like to look into. All right. Sounds good. All right. So stay tuned for an email. Okay. All right. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's pray. It looks like Charlie's leaving. So God bless you, Brother Charlie. We'll close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and your love. Thank you for your blessings and time of fellowship. Thank you that Brother Charlie came and was with us. 
bless him and bless Linda and let your will be done in his life and in their life. Thank you for this time of Bible study and Lord if you want it to continue just open the door show the way that you'd like it to go. We thank you for your blessings and love. We commit the rest of this week to you in Jesus name. Amen.